Hey everyone, welcome to the New Heart Church Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you invest and listen to this message, that your life is going to move forward. So get ready for an incredible message. Hey everyone, how you doing? Everybody doing great? Awesome. Great. So 90 degree shift just right to the Bible and leadership. Uh, okay, so when we, um, we talk about leadership, we, um, we're talking uh, about a lot, of, uh, a lot of different facets, meaning that um, you, uh, you have leadership in a lot of different things. You le- lead yourself, you lead your family, um, you lead uh, other people that you're close to, um, maybe you lead a group that you don't feel as close to, maybe you lead at your job. Um, there, there's, a, there's a ton of different places that you lead. There are things, um, sometimes leadership is given to you um, that's more of a title, and sometimes leadership is thrust upon you, meaning th- it's the situation that requires you to step in at that moment um, to, uh, to be able to give direction and influence in that moment. Um, and so there's a lot of different places where we, um, we use leadership. There's a lot of different places where we need leadership. There is, un- unfortunately, um, when there's a leadership vacuum, uh, sometimes the loudest voice is the one that is looked at as a leader. Um, but sometimes the loudest voice isn't the rightest voice. Um, and so sometimes we uh, default to think the loudest person is the best leader. Um, that's not always the case. And so, uh, and, and so I, I say that to say some of you might not feel like you have a, a, a very loud voice, but you have, um, you, we need your leadership. And so, uh, and we need to, um, we, we need to consistently hone our leadership skill. Leadership is not something you're born with. Leadership is not something you're born with. It's a tool that, and it, and it's a skill that can be learned, honed, and sharpened over time that you can actually be better and you can look back at your life and say, oh, I used to lead like this. Now I lead like this and I've grown. And so uh, the reason that this is important for us to realize is that if you don't um, look at leadership as something that can be learned you won't learn it. You'll just default to whatever leader, and, and going back to what I said at the beginning, we're all leaders. So if you don't think, but if you don't think leadership can be learned, then you'll default to whatever leadership that you are right now. And some have some other leadership qualities that are good that they fall back on that are great. And thank God that you have a great default leadership. But some of us have uh, a default leadership that isn't very good, that we, that we saw. And un- unfortunately, we saw it, and then we, we think down deep, oh, I'm not going to be that person. But it got ingrained in us. And so it comes out in different ways. And so you constantly want to say, okay, how can I get better as a leader? You constantly want to have that kind of hunger. And that's one of the reasons that we, um, 
we we pray in our church all the time for teachability because we we want to be the kind of people that is all that are always ready to learn um I, and I, you've heard this before but um really great leaders are learners they're not teachers they're learners and they learn from anything even anime lord they can learn from anything. Uh, great leaders can learn from kids that they're leaning, that they're leading. Great leaders can learn uh, from teams that they're leading. Great leaders can learn from people they disagree with. Great leaders can learn in any and every situation. Um, and I read this scripture, um, and I want to talk through this idea that. Um, Leadership is uh, buildership. Um, leaders are ones that can encourage other people in what they're building. Because we're all building something. Uh, but some of us are building c cement foundations to huge mansions. And some of us are building sandcastles. Uh, each each one of us is using our uh, influence, using our energy to build said sandcastle or cement foundation to a mansion, uh, but we're all building something. And so it's very important to, first of all, you want to build something great, but if you're going to build something great, you also want to look at, okay, how do I build something great? Like, how do I become a better builder? This this scripture um, is helping me. Um, maybe some of us have heard this before. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, "So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless." Uh, and I want to go through this scripture just line by line, um, realizing that oh, this is how leaders encourage people to be great builders. Um, first and foremost, uh, notice that Paul said, so my dear brothers and sisters, great leaders don't have workers, they have family. Great leaders uh, have the ability to be able to lead somebody, but lead them in such a way that they understand that you care more about me than you care about what you do for me. The great leaders have the ability to say, hey, you, you mean so much to me, family. You, you mean so much to me. I care more about who you are than what you do. And so I love that, that Paul says this, so brothers and sisters, because there's something very special about a leader who actually sees the person, not sees them as what they can do. So many of us, especially when we get into leadership, we view people as talent dispensers. And what can you do? And then because of what you can do, then you're valuable. Well, 
A great leader is able to look at somebody and say, your value is intrinsic, intrinsic on you just being a person that God has created, not on what you do. There, your value is already settled because you are God's creation. And, and if I can get that first, then we can work on the other things later. But a great leader is able to say, hey, come on. I, I need you to see that I care about you. So then we can talk about all the other things. And also, when you, um, when you start treating people not like workers but, but family, one, one of the things that happens is you get to really know them, right? You just don't know their name. You know who they are. That is a great leader, is somebody who just doesn't know somebody's name but knows, oh, your son was just doing this yesterday. How, how did that all work out? You know what I mean? Like, you really know them. You just don't know about them. You really know them. And what that communicates is there's a deep commitment here to this relationship. And when people feel like there's a commitment there, it gives people a safe space to be able to grow. So if you want people to grow, and especially the people that you're leading, you want to be able to make sure that they feel safe. And, and, and one of the best ways that you can make them feel safe is let them know that you're committed to them. You're committed to them past what they do for you. You're, you're committed. And that's why family should be something that makes you feel. Now, some of us have had hard family uh, problems, and so... Uh, when I say family, there's a lot of baggage that comes with it. I'm talking about the family like exactly like God would have it set up. And so there's a deep commitment there that says, no matter how, you know, you, no matter how crazy you are, I'm here. Right? The, that's, that's the safe commitment that will help you as a leader. Uh, then he says this, uh, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong. So he's teaching uh, them that, listen, your strength is something of value and importance. And so when you have strength, there, there's something that you absolutely that you can do. But what I was thinking, I was, I was thinking um, to, to have strength, do you give people something to lift? Or do you always lift it for them? Because you don't get strong if you don't lift something. Never. So when somebody says be strong, there's something that's in there that says, okay, now I'm going to give you something to lift. Now, you don't get strength by, giving, by, by getting something that you cannot lift. That's not going to help you get strong. So I'm not saying you give something to somebody that's going to overwhelm them. I'm saying we give something to somebody that's going to help them stretch and grow and actually develop some strength. So do you, as a leader, do you give them something to lift? Because strength, when you have strength, it means you can do something and you can move something forward. And so the, and strength is super important as you're helping somebody become a better builder. You want to make sure that they're developing their strength. And also, their strength is actually to do something, not for show. Right? 
we're not trying to get a bunch of bodybuilders. We're actually trying to get people strong so they can do something. And so many times, in, especially in Christian land, uh, if you look good, then you must be good. So a lot of things are thrown, um, thrown around that have everything with, to do on the outside, but not on the inside. But, you know, and so it, we get a lot of people that are bodybuilders, but they actually can't do anything. They look good, but they can't move something. That's not the strength that we're going for. We're going for strength that, okay, how can I help this person that I'm leading? How can I help them actually do something? I'm not trying to lift everything for them. I'm actually trying to see them grow in their strength. So he said, be strong. Then he said after this, be immovable. Encourage people to be planted. This is incredibly, this is incredibly, uh, you have to be able to have this muscle that says, I'm not going to move if you want to see something built. And so you have to be able to, as you're leading people, to say, don't move by emotion. Don't move by circumstance. Don't move by opportunity. And don't move by pain. Aren't those all things that help, that sometimes just make us want to move? Right? Somebody gets stung. No one just stands there after you get stung by a bee. You, you move. Pain has an incredible way of wanting to make you move. Opportunity has a, has a way of making you want to move. Oh, this looks better. Grass is greener. Hop the fence circumstances this it, this thing that keeps happening this thing keeps happening this thing is going on this maybe if we just move it'll be better but it never seems to get better it only seems to move things around and then you realize you're in the same spot that you always were emotion one of the worst things to do is to make decisions based on how you feel because feelings change I'm not saying you take your feelings and you don't look at them. You don't feel them. God gave you emotions. So understand them. Just don't build your life on them. And so all of these things that I just said, uh, a lot of times if you're not careful, they'll make you move when you shouldn't move. And that's why Paul said, don't only just be strong. Don't only just be able to do something good, but also don't move. Like there's some places that you just need to stay. And we live in a world that's always like, just move, just go, just change, just change, just change. And, and we live in this fast, fast, move, 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 make moves, do things, do, and, and all the while it's stunting growth for the person. So you want to, as a leader, want to make sure that you're helping people see not moving. I'll give you an example. Like, uh, as, a, as, a, um, as a parent, there's, uh, there's things that, um, that happen, especially with, with my son or something, or if he has a disagreement with somebody, or, uh, you know, he's just now starting to, like, um, 
understand that not everybody is always nice all the time, and uh, you know, because he's not, because re- he's not nice all the time, and so you know, he's just starting to understand all of these things. But now I, I have the ability to rescue him from those hard situations. I also have the ability to move him from those situations. But is that going to help him? No, it's going to teach him that when things get hard, just move. Instead of stay. And, and so many times, we as leaders want to take the people that we're leading and move them. When Paul said, no, be immovable. Immovable. Just stay there. And, and so many times when we hear this, we hear, well, am I just going to be a punching bag for whatever thing that I'm going through? Yeah, you might be for a little bit. I'm not saying you put yourself in a, um, in a situation or you keep people in situations that are unhealthy and dysfunctional. I am saying There are moments as leaders and as people that you have to be in places and take some hits that are a little uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable, that's okay. It's okay. Just don't move. This is what makes... I'm spending a little more time on this, but I just think it's important. When you look at somebody who's married over 50 or 60 years, you know, one of the things that has happened that you can see, they haven't moved. They haven't moved. And you've got to say, you know, there had to be some moments where they were like, I'm out of here. Right? Like, I mean, we're all human. Like, there's got to be some moments where you're like, I'm leaving this dog. I'm going to kick him in the face on the way out. You know, whatever. You know, this is just terrible. I'm, I can't. Uh, the, you know, there's got to be the moments where you're just like, this is absolutely grinding my gears, and I can't take it anymore. We stayed together while the kids were here, but now the kids are out, and now it's on. You know, like, all of these moments are very real moments. But you don't get 60 years unless you just say, I'm immovable here. And you better believe there's uncomfortable moments. But this um, is why it makes it hard to have great people at jobs for long periods of time. It's what makes it hard for um, uh, people to stay at a church for a long period of time. This is what makes it hard for people to stay in friendships for a long period of time because we're all taught if it's uncomfortable, just move. And we all have the options to. You know, back, I'll, I'll, I'll spend just a little more time on this. When I was growing up, uh, my town had 800 people in it and like 10 times more cows like it it th- there wasn't a lot of opportunity for a lot of nothing it just wasn't i mean there was no stop i mean there were stop signs no stop lights i mean it was just nothing and so because of that um you you didn't have a lot of options 
Now, some of that is hard. Some of that, um, I wish there were more options. One of the things that it teaches you, though, it also teaches you that this is it. So you can choose to be miserable or just choose to, this is it, I'm staying here, and I'm good. I can't, I can't, th there was one school. Wasn't, wasn't a bunch of other schools. So I just had to get along with those other morons. My, my parents couldn't just, we'll just pull you out. We'll just go to this other private school. We're just, you know what? I'm going to just do this over here. There's a charter school. There was no nothing. There were cows or school. And you just, it was it. And, and I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm glad for all the options we have. I'm glad that we have all these other things. But I'm telling you, the unintended consequence is, is if I don't like it, I can just go to this thing. If I just go, if I don't like it, I'll just go this, 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 this. When we grew up, we had three, we had four channels. Now we have eight million streaming options. It, it, the unintended consequence is that if you don't like it, just move. And Paul said, be strong and immovable. And so there's, there's a countercultural thing here that helps you be a great builder if you're like, I'm just, I'm not moving. Now, use wisdom. There are times where you got to move. You get, well, I, I got to go. But I'm, I'm saying there are probably a lot of times where you're like, oh, this is just me not liking this right now. And I, I need to stay. Okay, uh, real quick, and then we're uh, after these other ones. They said, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Um, your attitude matters. Your attitude matters. Matters how you, how you look at work. It matters how you look at the different things that uh, take effort. Always work enthusiastically. Your attitude matters with everything you do. Things you like, things you don't like. This helps you be a better builder when you understand, okay, I'm, I'm going to get into this. So, um, when you start talking about your attitude, you understand, um, okay, am I going to be led, led by obligation or am I going to be led by excitement? And that's something you get to choose. And you have to actually make that decision. So there are a lot of times where I, um, I have let obligation be the choice that I make. And there is no enthusiasm in that. And so you want to, as you're teaching, uh, again, you know, I talked about this on Sunday, but, but attitude matters over your actions. Your heart matters over your actions. I'm trying to teach our kids, okay, your attitude matters more than just doing what I want you to do. I want the right attitude. The attitude is a lot harder to work on. So when he says work enthusiastically, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at this as all of us as leaders. Do we have people who we are leading who are enthusiastic with the things that we ask them to do? Or are we okay with them just doing them? You can just do them with a bad attitude. I don't care. Just get it done. Okay. But I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to be a leader that is growing better builders. 
And so if I'm going to be a leader that's growing better builders, then I'm going to attack attitude and say, okay, I want, and I, I want to make sure that we're not just doing the thing, but we're doing it with enthusiasm. I'm excited. I get to do this. I don't have to. I get to. A lot harder. A lot harder. Just thinking about my son. Last thing uh, he says is, um, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. One of the best things you can do as a leader is draw, connect the dots of purpose for people. My son, again, this is just helps me so much. My son asks why all the time. I'll say something, he'll say, why? And I'm like, if you say why one more time. Now, I know what he's doing. He's using why as the pause button. So he doesn't have to do exactly what I want him to do at that moment. I understand that. So we're we're working on that. Because I just need him, not why, just do it. But there's also something that is in everyone that wants to know the reason behind what I'm doing. So I don't want to shortchange him on letting him know the reason. But I also am not going to let him hide his disobedience behind a question. So this is hard as a leader because you have to balance the two. So, son, we're going to have a discussion. I'm going to let you know why. But after I let you know why, it's do it. But a lot, of, a lot of us have only seen leaders that just say, just get the thing done. And because they're not able to connect the dots between purpose, we've got a lot of people that are just doing things that don't understand the purpose behind them. And when they understand, when people understand the purpose behind them, then they understand. I'll give you a perfect example here at church, and then we'll be done. We, um, we a lot of times don't set out every share we have in service before people come in church. Now, we have had some people that have helped setting up those chairs, being like, why are we doing this? This, this doesn't make sense. This is more work. Because we set them up, put them away, bring them back out every Sunday. So let, let me just say the why behind it. The why is because a lot of people, when they see a lot of chairs, will automatically choose to sit by themselves. Uh, let me, I'll, I'll tell you, do you go on an air, Southwest and you're like, I'm just looking for the middle seat. I'm just, I just want to sit right in the middle of, no one does that. I, I'm trying for an aisle seat or a window seat. I'm going to keep my eyes down. I'm going to look as mean as possible so no one sits next to me. That's, that is how, that is the mode of operation for most people. So guess what happens when they come into church? They want that same kind of feeling. 
the, un, the, the thing that happens then is when you sit by yourself, you have this unintended consequence of you feel like you're by yourself and you are not engaged as much as you would be around somebody else. Let me give you even a more specific example. You're sitting next to somebody in church that is worshiping and God is working through their life and you unintendedly are getting some of this because they're like, man, they're having something. Guess what happens? It kind of comes next to you and you're like, whoa, this is Okay, this is awesome. This is happening. It, it is contagious. But if you're by yourself, you don't get none of that. And so what we try to do is we try to help people get as close as possible because we realize there's power in community. That's just one, that's just one of the reasons we do that. We also want people to come up front. We don't want people to feel like uh, they, they just have to stand in the back. And the closer that, that they get, they're like, oh, God, that's for the really, uh, no, it's not. We just want everybody close. Everybody feel like they're part. This is one of the reasons we do this. But if you don't explain the why really well, guess what people do? We're doing something stupid. And no one hears me. I keep saying it. They keep doing the stupid thing over and over again. Guess what? I guess they, they think that I don't matter. All because you didn't answer the why. And so the, your why has to be very strong as a leader. But also, after you tell them the why, then you want to also be strong. And now I want you to do this. And not keep saying why. Because the why is just a smokescreen for your disobedience and you just don't want to do it. And your pride is writing checks that you can't cash. And so we just need to work through all of that stuff. So anyway, this is just, it's, a, it's one scripture, but it really has been helping me. I was like, these are the things that I want to build into the people that I'm leading. God, help us to be better leaders. Father, we're praying that this week God would continually uh, be something that as we walk into all the different situations you have for us, God, help us to be the best leaders we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.